Sally Winley is with me now for the Rural News. Kia ora, Sally. Farmers are hoping the government's feeling sheepish about getting nylon carpet? Yes, definitely. So much so, a Canterbury farmer has started a petition calling on the government to buy only wool carpets. This comes after the Ministry of Education's decision to fit out 800 rural schools with US-made nylon carpet. It led to a backlash in rural areas where farmers are struggling to make profits from their wool clip. Ange Blair, who farms sheep, beef and deer near Woodbury, says frustration led to the petition. I, I just can't get my head around how the government is not using a New Zealand product. It just blows my mind when we are one of the finest wool producers and, and carpet producers in the world um, that we're importing synthetic carpet from the USA. It just it seems like an, a complete bizarre decision to me in my mind. Ms Blair says it's odd the government is investing millions into helping the domestic wool sector but at the same time not supporting it buying not supporting it by buying synthetic carpets and so far more than 2500 people have signed her petition this follows in the footsteps of South Otago farmer Amy Blakey, who three years ago did exactly the same thing. She gathered over 15,000 signatures in just a month, calling for New Zealand wool products to be used in, used in all publicly funded buildings. She says the petition went through a parliamentary select committee and had been referred to a minister, but she's struggling to get further updates. Someone is the front from the government. I've yeah, I've been. It's not just. I've even emailed our local MPs or other MPs, and um, they all said perhaps you know it's just there's no there's no forward movement from anybody. And I was just like, why is it so hard? Even just a response, even if it was a no, unless you know where you stood. And Rural News has asked the Minister of Agriculture, Damien O'Connor, for an update, but has yet to get a response. A Marlborough farmer and entrepreneur is recycling hundreds of thousands of discarded wooden grapevine posts and sending them to flood-stricken East Coast farmers to use for fencing. A major cost in getting farms back in operation is refencing, given the high prices and availability of posts. Greg Koppel started Repost about three years ago and uses vine posts that had been snapped off at ground level. We are sending probably a truck and trailer unit a week up to the east coast for the re, uh, repairs of the flood damage areas. So they're varying from the um, from down from the east coast of Marston to all the way up to Gisborne. There's sort of bits and pieces going here, there, and everywhere. It's being funded from the farmers themselves, direct to them, or uh, rural support trust is, is doing a little bit and um, a little bit on our own backs as well. What sort of response are you getting from them up there? Um, they're pretty grateful um, to whatever they get, um, just for the low-cost low option, I guess. Yeah, we're flat tick and we're trying to do better for them. And if, if or when we um, get into repurposing the um, the posts that have been damaged in Hawke's Bay, there will be other offer them a hell of a lower cost. Greg Koppel says there's a huge demand for the good quality treated Pinus radiata posts that are about 110 millimetres in diameter and have had all the wire and staples removed from them. So the ones in Marlborough that have just been broken during the mechanical harvesting, so there's generally a good supply. There's about 600-odd thousand to a million get broken 
every harvest in Marlborough, so the supply there is really good. They're normally around about 10 to 15 years old, and they've never been in the ground, so they're pretty good quality and durability. We've had them tested, and we know that their durability should be 50 years plus. What gave you the idea to start this business? So I've got a, a sheep and beef property 500 hectares out in Nelson Lake. I bought it. It was very neglected and run down, so I had a heap of fencing to do, so I started going down to Marlborough grabbing some out of stockpiles down there and realised how consistent and how good the product was. And I knew that I could consistently deliver a good product to everyday New Zealanders. So, yeah, that's how it sort of came about. Greg Coppel says he's talking with the Hawke's Bay Regional Council about taking his portable wooden post recycling equipment up to the region so their own posts that were swept away by the floods can also be used again. A South Canterbury arable farmer says the rapid rise in global wheat prices could be a chance to boost local production. Wheat prices have skyrocketed on world markets due to the collapse of the Black Sea deal to secure grain exports from war-torn Ukraine. In New Zealand, wheat used for bread or animal feed is topped up with imports, especially in the North Island as using grain from Australia is cheaper than transporting it from the South Island. But Federated Farmers spokesman Andrew Darling says with the world disruption, there is plenty of potential to grow more for the local market. I think how something is produced and how far things have had to travel to make a loaf of bread, um, some of these things could play into New Zealand growing grain. And if we could create more of a market there, of course, it'd be great. But the return on hectares growing. So, you know, these farmers need to see a viable reason to put some more wheat in the ground. So um, if we can maintain the price and even get a bit more for it, um, I think more wheat will end up being grown in New Zealand. There's opportunities there um, and I think they'll come out in due course. Andrew Darling says there are also plenty of logistical challenges to overcome for wheat growers, such as the cost of transport, water and processing the crop. And maize is another major crop grown across the country. The impact of an extremely wet summer in much of the North Island, along with Cyclone Gabrielle, has had a drastic impact on the final tally of maize silage and grain crops. Volumes are well back on last season, which has been devastating for some growers. Maize that was harvested for grain was down at least 13%, and maize silage volumes down 7%. Federated Farmers spokesman David Burkett says the results aren't surprising, given some plantings were entirely wiped out. Of the maize grain crop that survived, 37% hasn't even been harvested. But Mr Burkett says despite this, there should be enough stock feed. And we can use substitutes as well. So um, a lot of those products, they're a blend. And um, so, yeah, the ratio of the blend might change with less maize in there, but it might include more of another product. So there are ways which um, those end users will um, get around the problem of less maize available. Um, And some of it might simply be imported product as well, depending on the price. But um, obviously we'd like to have um, most companies in New Zealand using New Zealand-grown feeds and grains. And um, that's something that we always um, encourage New Zealand companies to do. David Burkett says maize grain is usually sold for poultry and pig feed, with some going to dairy and other products like dog biscuits. He says with the Ukraine situation, the price of maize grain for chicken producers here could rise. 
The ongoing extremely wet conditions in Wairarapa and Tararua are resulting in some cows getting sick and even dying. Wairarapa veterinarian Adrian Evans says farms are the wettest they've been in decades, with no relief since a brief period last November. He says environmental mastitis in dried-off dairy herds is a huge challenge, with the high water tables causing infections. Adrian Evans says it's been grim for cattle forced to have a poor diet. A lot of people have really struggled to actually get feed to cows. So, for instance, if you've got a a crop of kale that you normally feed some baleage with. Now, I've had a couple of clients, because of the wet conditions, they just haven't been able to get in with a tractor to to deliver the baleage. And we can end up with ruminal acidosis, and that can cause real health issues with cows. And you've had clients where their animals have actually died? That's right. And these guys are trying to do their very best But um, if the conditions don't allow it and you can't get their correct feed mix for a couple of days, you end up with all these weird and wonderful and not often seen health issues. Adrian Evans. And that's our rural news for today. Kia pai tera. Thank you very much, Sally.